Amen. Thank all of you for being here tonight. I appreciate you taking your time to come and to be in the presence of the Lord. I heard that uh, Sister Kaylee won a scholarship from her school, and so that's uh, wonderful. Kaylee, congratulations. Excited for you. I just want to set up Easter weekend. I know a lot of times we have a lot of guests, and it may be a little full. So please, if somebody gets your uh, parking spot, please be a Christian. And if somebody gets your pew, please be a Christian. And, uh, you know, um, if it if it gets full, that's what we want. God loves a full house. Amen. And so... The next thing is after service tonight, immediately following the end of our service, I believe it's, is it Broderick? Is that how I say it? Broderick? Broderick is going to be baptized tonight in the name of Jesus. The Lord was on you, son, in a mighty way Sunday. And that's a beautiful thing to see. I've got uh, we we've got a guest tonight, and I won't I won't call her out, but it's really good to have her tonight. Good to, good to see you, sis. Glad you're here. Yeah, thank you. Easter Sunday morning. I want to go back to that, and then we'll go into the word. Easter Sunday morning can be a time when people are a little bit tight. They've got their guest, and they're a little bit nervous. But you know, the best thing that we can do for people is to worship and let them feel the presence of the Lord. Um, you you know what this band is capable of. You know they serve with excellence. And so I would just tell you, don't be nervous and don't be uptight. Let's just worship and let the Spirit of the Lord do what only it can do. And if we do that, then guess what? If they feel the presence of the Lord, then that's all that matters. Because when you get into God's presence, it has a way of penetrating the hardest of hearts. I love you, sweet people. Man, I love you. I was up just praying for you as I do every day, praying for you. I know that there are things that are going on in some of your lives because you've told me. And then there's other things I know just by the Spirit. And I just want you to know I'm praying for you. And there is no temptation known to man that God has not made a way of escape. And you say, well, I'm just thinking about quitting and throwing in the towel. What are you going to go to? Jesus looked at his disciples and said, do you want to go to? One of them was wise enough to say, well, Lord, where do we go? You got the words of eternal life. Perseverance. Perseverance is one of the outstanding traits of winners. You just persevere. Weeping may endure for the whole night, but joy will come in the morning. God is faithful. Father, I just thank you for your word. Lord, I never take, never take for granted a wonderful opportunity to share your word. So appreciative of the greatest people in the world that walk through these doors. The Wednesday Warriors, all of our online community. Just thank you, Father, and I pray for the next few minutes. Just Help me, Lord, and touch David Grigsby, who's not feeling well in his body tonight. We curse every work of the enemy off of his spirit, soul, and body in the name of Jesus. 
Let us all be healthy, Lord, for a great resurrection weekend. God, do mighty things among us in the name of Jesus, and we give you thanks and praise. Amen. Now, before you're seated, I just thought of something. Will anybody miss a meal for Easter weekend on Thursday? You'll miss at least one meal. Okay, thank you. Anybody will miss a meal on Friday? At least one meal you'll miss, and you're, okay, thank you. And if you'll miss a meal on Saturday, I wouldn't ask you to do that, but if you'll do it, thank you for that. We're going to be praying that heaven kisses us on Easter Sunday morning and that there are hearts that are resurrected. Praise God. You may be seated. So let's talk tonight. You have a lesson, and it should be there uh, either on your pew or in the pew in front of you. If you will, why don't you get that out? And want to talk about how to manage our mouth. How many of us know that our mouth gets us in a lot of trouble? Oh, dear God. So I just want you to understand tonight, and I mean this sincerely. I'm glad you came, but Wayne is preaching to me tonight. So I hope you get something out of it, but I'm preaching to me. Because we all like to talk. And you say, um, all you got to do is just, there's so many talk shows on television. So many podcasts. They, they say, I don't know how they figure this stuff up, but they say that you have about, the average person has about 30 conversations a day. And it takes, just you talking takes up about one-fifth of your life. And again, I don't know how they get all this information, but they say that all the conversations you have every day, and if you put all of that together, it would fill up 66 books, and each of those books would be 800 pages. Again, I don't know if any of this is true. It's just what studies have shown. Studies show that the average man talks about 20,000 words a day, and the average lady talks about 30,000 words a day. And one guy was asked, he said, again, I don't know if it's true, so listen, don't, 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 don't throw bricks at the mailman. I'm just delivering the mail. I'm, I'm not mad at any lady. I love all you ladies. I'm just telling you what studies say. Well, anyway, there was this guy who, who asked, he said, do you resent that your, your wife has the last word? He replied, he said, no. He said, I'm just glad when she finally gets to it. <laughs> Man, our mouth gets us in a lot of trouble, doesn't it? It's like the stock boy. He was working in the grocery store and a, a elderly lady come up to him and said, hey, sonny. She said, do, do y'all sell half a head of lettuce around here? And uh, he started walking toward his manager and he said, he didn't know that the little lady was following him right behind him. He didn't know. So he walked up to his manager and said, can you believe it? There's an old lady out there who wants to know if we sell half a head of lettuce. And he turned around and there she was. And he said, and this fine lady would like to buy the other half. <laughs> That's funny. Well, James talks more about the tongue than any other writer in the New Testament. And there's not one chapter 
in the book of James that does not talk about the tongue. So if you will, look at our cornerstone verse in your handout. It is James chapter 3 and verse 2. And here's what it says. All of us often make mistakes. But if a person never makes a mistake in what he says, he is perfect and is also able to control his whole being. So James says that if you never make a mistake in what you say, you're perfect. Now, in the Greek, that word perfect simply means mature or healthy. So what that verse is really saying, if you never make a mistake with your tongue, you are a mature person, you are a healthy person. Jan and I was talking about this lesson, and I think that I've probably mentioned this several times. Uh, Janet, uh, back in her young day before we married, she was a, she worked uh, for Dr. Dennard in uh, Bay City as a dental hygienist. And she said, Wayne, she said, the doctor will just tell you, you can know so much about a person when you look in their mouth. In fact, when you go to the doctor, one of the first things a doctor will ask you is to stick out your tongue because they look at your tongue because they can tell a lot about your physical health based off of your tongue. And Janet says, not only that, but you can tell so much about a person just looking at their teeth, their gums, their tonsils. You can tell a lot about their physical health. Well, that's important to know, but the scripture also bears out that when you get to messing around with your tongue, you can tell a lot about your spiritual being. Right. Here's here's um, something that I've come across, and and it's this: small people talk about people. Must I just come across this? I've said it before, but it's worth repeating. Small people talk about people. Average people talk about things. Big people talk about vision and ideas. Based off of that, just ask yourself the question. All right. James says in our lesson that all of us say, that's me. Now, look, what I don't want you to do tonight, please don't do this. Don't push that over. That's for them. Let's all take it. Let's all take God's medicine. God's word is God's medicine. Let's take his medicine tonight. Let's take it all for us. James said that all of us need to learn how to manage our mouth. You got to learn to tame your tongue. Now, here is some stupid, corny humor, but I thought about tiling this lesson tonight. Don't let your tongue lick you. That's so goofy. All right, let's go back to the lesson. Why must I watch what I say? Number one, here it is. My tongue directs where I go. My tongue directs where I go. In your notes, it says this right under that. We shape our words and then our words shape us. We shape our words and then our words shape us. In the scripture, it says death and life is in the power of the tongue. Just encouraging all you sweet people tonight, take your tongue and let it work for you. Not against you. Speak the word of God. That's why you want to memorize the word. Because whatever you put in your mind is going to your heart. Whatever you put in your heart is going to come out of your mouth. 
right? James says the tongue is small. It's a very tiny member, but it has tremendous power. I think in your notes is verse 3. It says, consider the, the bit or the bridle in a horse's mouth. Now think about a 2,000 pound stallion, right? And it's got a 95 pound jockey on it. But this little 95 pound jockey can control this 2,000 pound animal. How? Because it has a little piece of metal literally over its tongue called a bit. And when he pulls to the right, that horse is going to go in the right direction. That little bridle over that tongue directs that entire horse. A 95-pound man directs a 2,000-pound stallion with just a little piece of metal. And this is what James is saying. He's saying that your tongue is, is heading you in a direction. And however you're talking is the direction that you're going. That's why when people, people say uh, some things to you, if, if anybody comes up to you and says, my, you're sure blessed, don't apologize for that. Say, I receive that in the name of Jesus. You want to take your tongue and you, you, don't, you don't need to apologize for the blessings that God bestows upon you. It's not that we're being arrogant, but you had to understand God wanted to bless Israel so much that all the other nations got jealous because of how God was blessing them. When the blessings of the Lord come upon you, don't get arrogant. Remember, every good gift comes down from God. But when somebody says, man, you sure are blessed, don't go ducking your head and saying, uh, uh, uh. Just say, yes, I receive that. Why? Because it's bigger than you, ladies and gentlemen. God placed you in a kingdom because he trusts you. Because he wants you to understand he doesn't bless you just so you can get another pair of shoes. And I'm not against shoes. But you probably don't need 1,400 pair. Let's bless the kingdom with the blessings that he gives us. Can I get a witness? Then James goes on to say, he said, I'm not going to just stop at this bit in a horse's mouth. Let's talk about a ship. Let's talk about a big boat. He said, this is a big, big boat. He said, but then there's a, a small rudder that steers this entire boat. And so... Uh, doing again a little research, I'm sure that most of you have heard of a large ocean liner called the Queen Mary. But I didn't know that the Queen Mary had three acres of recreational space on it. This is a huge vessel. But when you get to looking at how large the vessel is compared to the size of the rudder, I looked at it on Google. It's pretty astounding. It's very small compared to how big the Queen Mary is. And yet that little rudder is directing that entire ocean liner. It goes back to the tongue. Your tongue is directing your life. And you're either, you're either going to speak life over yourself and your family with your words, or you're going to speak death, because death and life is in the power of the tongue. Can I get a witness? I, I wrote this, I think we wrote this in your notes. I think it's in there. Your tongue is the steering wheel of your life. Many people think, well, well, then, you know, if my mouth is what gets me in the most trouble, then maybe I just need to go silent. Well, there was this one guy that tried to just go silent. He joined a monastery. 
And they told him, here's the rules. You can only speak two words at the end of every year. You have a three-year probation. So the first year, he went through monastery, and at, at the end of the first year, came into the priest, and he said, bed hard. Went back, silent for the next second year. The end of the second year, came back to the priest, two words, said, food bad. Third year, end of the third year, he only gets two words. He walks in to see the priest and says, I quit. (laughs) Priest said, well, that's no surprise. He said, all you've done since you got here is complain. So it's not taking, ladies and gentlemen, a vow of silence, though that would benefit a lot of us. What would really help us if we just learn to manage our mouth? Here's the second one. My tongue can destroy what I have. Verse 5, James gives another illustration. A great forest is set on fire by how? A small spark. Now imagine a beautiful forest like the redwoods in California. And now imagine them totally obliterated. That's what happened in 1983 in Australia. From one match, it caused 600 miles of damage to livestock, grasslands, and villages in 1983. In Australia, 600 miles, damaged, burned, disintegrated, destroyed, all from one match. James is making a reference. If you're not careful, ladies and gentlemen, you can take your words and over time you can destroy yourself, you can destroy your family, and you can destroy others. I don't think anybody has a problem with gossip, but if you've got a problem with gossip, gossip destroys. And we preach a lot about some other things, and we just need to park there for a minute. Ladies and gentlemen, I'm begging you, I am pleading with you as your pastor. Please, if you can't say something good about somebody, just just leave that alone. And then the Lord teaches us in His Word how that we approach. If we have ought against a brother, don't go to the ten people around them. That's not Bible. It's not Bible. Don't go to the... I'm, I'm pleading with you, sweet people. Let's, let's do our best to obey the Scripture. If you've got a problem with someone... If you're talking to anybody else about it and they're not part of the solution, you're wasting your time and it's called gossip. If you got a problem, the Bible says go to them. If you have ought against your brother, not go to ten other people around them. Go to them. That's the Bible way. Let's, let's do our best to stay in the book at TPC. Now, I haven't heard anything. I, nobody's told me a thing. I'm just teaching the lesson. But I know that if we don't learn how to manage our mouth, our mouth can get us in trouble. So that's what we're talking about tonight. Now, verse 6, it says this. It sets the whole course of his life. Check this out. The whole course of his life on fire 
and itself, what is it talking about? Your tongue is set on the fire of hell. That's amazing. What, what is James saying here? He's saying that your tongue can create a chain reaction. Husbands, especially us husbands, we got to pay attention to this. You have a really bad day at work. You know, you get cussed out literally by your boss. And then you come home, you're grumpy, you're angry. So then you yell at your wife. Then your wife yells at the son. Then the son yells at his baby sister. Then the baby sister goes, kicks the dog. Then the dog goes, bites the cat. Then the cat goes, scratches the baby. And then the baby bites the head off the baby dog. I mean, that's just, that's crazy. Come up with this stuff. But that's the chain reaction, right? And it's, it's very important that you don't set the whole course. I would encourage you to learn if you're a night person or a morning person. I'm a morning person. I love to get up early in the morning. And the, once you learn what you are, then I would encourage you to give God the best of your fruits. Take your words. Do you understand? Um, do you understand that the highest use of your mouth is to praise God? The highest use of your mouth is to praise God. And then the next highest use of your mouth is to encourage and lift up your brothers and sisters. We, we all face enough in the, in the marketplace and the workplace in our homes without coming here and hearing you judge us and condemn us and gripe at us because we got your pew. We got to be bigger than that and better than that. We need this house. I want this house to be known as a loving God, loving people house. You know, don't put yourself where you don't belong. No, I don't want to put myself where I don't belong. Even as pastor, I don't belong as judge. I belong as under shepherd. So just, what, what are you saying, pastor? I'm saying let's all use our mouth to praise God. And to lift others up. Can we do that? I know we can. Let's keep going. Here's what it says. It's set on fire of hell. What is it talking about? It's talking about our tongue. So a little humor for you. A couple comes in for some marriage counseling. And the man said, I said this. And then she said that. And then I said this. And the counselor said, well, then what happened? And the man said, well, all hell broke loose. <laughs> Why? Why, how can all hell break loose? Because it's our words. <laughs> Y'all, I love to pick on Cherie. She's my, she's my, she's my friend. I can pick on her. I walked in tonight about, oh, 6.30 and I said, Cherie, I'm going to tell you something, girl. You're going to get on fire one way or the other. You're going to get to worshiping like you need to. We're going to set you on fire, but something's going to happen around here. Well, the reason why I brought this is, um, you, you have to remember in Hope House guys, all of us guys, let's remember this. You're always carrying, uh, I'm going to put the mic down. You're always carrying two things when it comes to your tongue. Guys, you're either carrying some gas or you're carrying some water. Come on, come on. Just remember that. When your wife gets to barking at you, 
I'm sure none of you wives have ever done that. And I'm sure none of you husbands have ever barked at your wives. But just in case, I'm sure it never happens here. But just in case, try to do your best to remember I'm holding two things right here. And either I'm going to take my tongue and we're fixing to have a... Or I'm going to take my tongue and I'm going to try to extinguish it. Yeah, I know you don't literally carry these around in your hand, but it would almost be good if we did to remind us. Because I have to remind myself, I'm human just like you. And Janet aggravates me and I aggravate her. But I'm trying to grow and I'm trying to learn. So how do you do it, Pastor? I don't always do it perfect, but I try to remind myself. Now, Wayne, just shut your mouth. <laughs> and my pride don't want me to. That's right. Come on. My ego, because all of us men have pride and ego. Okay, men, I'm calling you out. Go ahead and shake your head, because you know it's the truth. We all do. And our pride wants to get the last word in. But wisdom says extinguish that with some kind words. It's not in your notes, but the Scripture says that a soft answer turns away what? A lot of wrath. A soft answer. So again, I've relayed this to you before, but what I try to do now is I just try to sit down and listen, because love, love does not start with talking. Love starts with listening. Would you say that with me? Love starts with listening. Love starts with listening. James says we got to learn to manage our mouth. If you're not careful, ladies and gentlemen, your mouth can get you in a lot of trouble. Proverbs 21 and 23 says this. If you want to stay out of trouble, be careful what you say. James uses another illustration. He talks about a zoo. So he's talked about a bit in a horse's mouth. He's he's talked about uh, the rudder of a ship. He's talked about your tongue is like uh, a flame. And now he's talking about it's also like a zoo. All kinds of animals, he said, have been tamed by man, but no man can tame the tongue. It is a restless evil full of deadly poison. The word in the Greek there literally means snake poison or snake venom. In other words, what James is saying is you can take your mouth and you can kill people. With your tongue. I'm going to do my best to stay with my notes so I can get through this. Okay. Number three. My tongue displays who I am. Your tongue, just as your tongue, you stick your tongue out and the doctor looks at it. It not only reveals where you are physically, your tongue actually reveals your character. Tells me what's inside of me. You said, 
Okay, how, how do I know that? Look at verse 9 in your notes. I'm going to go of the verse above it. It says, that with the tongue we praise our Lord and Father, and with the same tongue we curse men who've been made in the image of God. Then it goes on to say, out of the same mouth come praise and cursings. My brother, this should not be. What, what does that mean? It means we say these things out of the same mouth. We come to church on a Sunday and we praise God. And then we turn right around, we get in the car, and then we start arguing about where we're going to go eat lunch. That's the truth. One minute, with our tongue, we're saying praise the Lord, and the next minute, we're saying shut up. The tongue is a strange contradiction. It's amazing how quickly it can change. One minute you're Dr. Uh, Jekyll and the next minute you're Mr. Hyde. One minute we're praising God and the next minute we're upset because we don't agree on where we're going to eat lunch. And when this word cursing, it doesn't mean profanity. That's not what James is talking about. He's not talking about giving profanity and saying profane words. James is talking about here that any kind of put-down label like if you look at somebody and you say, you'll never amount to anything. I don't understand why you're so stupid. I don't get why you can't be like your other brother or your elder brother. It, he's saying this, that any time you put down somebody, why do you do that? Because this person is created in the image of God. And he said he's doubtful that you would go up to God and curse him and put him down. Then why are you putting your brother down who's made in his image? Again, this has been said before to you, but stupid was a curse word in our house because God don't make stupid. God don't make junk. You may not know how to do it, but that doesn't mean you're stupid. Watch a YouTube video. Figure it out. But you're not stupid. You're made in God's image. Now I feel the Holy Spirit on me. I want to I speak directly to us right now. God, you, you have to learn to say where I end is where God begins. I may not know how to do it, but God, give me wisdom on how to do it. I may not have the answer, but God, give me the wisdom. Can I tell you, there's been things that have come out of our mouth. I, didn't, I knew where it came from when it came out. It came out from the mind of God because I'm not that smart. But when you're in counseling and you don't know what to do and you don't know what to say, I begin to pray under my breath, God, give me wisdom in this situation because I don't know what to do. And something comes out of your mouth and you know it's God. God knows all things. This is why you want to learn to tune in, not to your mind. Your mind is limited, but your spirit is unlimited because your spirit is God in you. You can do it. God wants you to be the head and not the tail. Not so you can get on Facebook and brag. That's juvenile. So that you can lift up and advance the kingdom of God and help people, help your neighborhood and help those who are struggling around you. Makes sense? Okay, now, here we go. How is it possible that one minute you're talking to your kids, gentle, loving tones, and the next minute you're mean to them? You hurt them. Say things that damage their self-esteem. How is that? Anybody in here beside me ever struggle with an inconsistent tongue? Well, sure we do. 
and we're trying to do better. That's why we're coming to Bible study tonight. Bible studies many times is not teaching you something new. It's reminding them what you already know. That you need to be reminded of. Look at James. James gives us and they answer. He says, why do we speak lovingly in one breath and then lash out in the next? Here it is. Verse 11 and 12. Can both fresh water and salt water flow from the same spring? My brothers, can a fig tree bear olives or grapevine bear figs? Neither can a salt spring produce fresh water. This should be in your notes. I think this is powerful. Whatever's in the well comes out in the water. Whatever is in the tree comes out in the fruit. Woo, that was worth the price of a mission. Whatever is in the well comes out in the water. Whatever is in the fruit, whatever is in the root comes out in the fruit. People say, oh, I can't believe I said that. I don't know where that came from. Well, I'll tell you where it came from. Came from out of your heart, out of the abundance of your heart. The mouth speaks. My problem, Wayne's problem is with his tongue. But my real problem is with my heart. Because my tongue is just saying what's in my heart. Why? Because what is inside is going to come out. My mouth eventually betrays what's really on the inside of me. I can fool you with my tongue, but eventually the better I get to know you, the more you're going to let me know what's really inside of you. James would say, if you say, well, I didn't really mean that. James would say, yes, you did. You're just kidding yourself. Here's what I've also found out. And I'm not trying to, I'm not trying to put the screws down on you tonight, but I'm also found out when people say things jokingly, there's always a little measure of truth in it. Oh, I'm just joking. Uh-huh. Okay. There's always a little measure of truth in that joking. So you better be careful what you say. Because what's on the inside is going to come out. You with me? Here's what James is telling us. In other words, if there is a spring in your backyard, like an artesian well, it's not one minute salt water and the next minute fresh water and the next minute salt water and the next minute fresh water. He said that doesn't, that doesn't, that's inconsistent. That's not the natural law. It's either going to be a fresh water, it's going to be a salt water, but it ain't going to be both. And Jesus said this in Matthew 12 and 34, for out of the overflow of the heart, the mouth speaks. Jesus is telling all of us what's on the inside is going to come out because my tongue reveals my heart. This should come up on the screen. I hope you see it in your notes. A person with a harsh tongue has an angry heart. Why, boy, I wish I need to, I need to do another lesson on anger, but I got to keep with my notes. A person with a negative tongue has a fearful heart. A person with an overactive tongue has an unsettled heart. A person with a boasting tongue has an insecure heart. A person with a filthy tongue has an impure heart. A person who is critical all the time has a bitter heart. On the other hand, a person who's always encouraging has a happy heart. And a person who speaks gently has a loving heart. And a person who speaks truthfully has an honest heart. Okay, we're getting close now. Let's start to wrap this up. What's the solution, Pastor? I've got a problem with my mouth, Pastor. Well, join a lot of us. What, what's the solution? Here it is. You ready? 
get a new heart. Tell God, I need a heart transplant. Ezekiel, this is a powerful scripture in Ezekiel. It's in your notes, 18 and 31. Rid yourself of all offenses. That's powerful. You have committed and get a new heart and a new spirit. I don't think this is in your notes, but it's worth writing. Painting the outside of the well will do you no good if poison's on the inside. Can I say it again? Painting the outside of the well does you no good if poison's on the inside. Brothers and sisters, that's what hurts me is when there's some people that look so cute, but they come to a pew and buddy, they'll take their tongue and they'll rip you a brand new one. And you can have this right and this be wrong. And God would rather have you have you this right and this get right. Because whatever's on the inside is eventually going to show up on the outside. God's more concerned about our heart. So, how can I I change the outside? Well, you got to do more than turn over a new leaf. You need a new life. Can I get a witness? We need more than just a fresh start. And that's, that's important. But we need to let go of our past and be born again. The only way you can get a new heart is to be born again. You say, how do I get a new heart, Pastor? Look at 2 Corinthians 5 and 17. Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation, right? So that's how you get a new heart, is being born again, getting in Christ. What's the solution? Here's the second solution. Ask God to help us every day. So you did great today, fantastic. You got to wake up tomorrow and do it again. And you need fresh grace. So ask God for help every day because you need spiritual power to control your tongue. Do you know it's not coincidental that God uses the Holy Spirit to tame your tongue? Because you can't do it in your flesh. It has to be supernatural. Here's what Psalm 141 and 3 says. Set a guard over my mouth, O Lord, and keep watch over the doors of my lips. That's a great verse to memorize. We ought to wake up every day and say, God, put a muzzle over my mouth. Serious. We ought to wake up every day. God, put a muzzle over my mouth. Guard my words. There's another verse in Psalm. I think it says um, something like, Let the meditations of my heart and the words of my mouth be acceptable in thy sight, O Lord. And it's kind of, God kind of has a problem with us crucifying his kids and then coming in here and praising him. He wants us loving God and loving people. So God, help me not to say anything I regret. I I saw this and put it in our notes. Someone said, you may speak in an unknown tongue, but do you control the tongue that you do know? (laughs) That's good. 
especially for us Pentecostals. Because we think speaking in tongues is a gauge for how spiritual we are. Jesus never told you that how spiritual you are is by speaking in tongues. He said, you shall know them by their fruit. So here's the question. Do you have enough fruit of the Spirit and self-control to hold your mouth so you're not lying, criticizing, being judgmental, putting people down, and exaggerating? Do you have enough fruit of the Spirit to put your lips and my lips in park? Here we go. We're going to wrap this up. Um, Back of page three. Here's the last one. Think before you speak. Engage your mind before you put your mouth in gear. James 1 and 19. Everyone should be quick to listen. Would y'all read this first with me? Everyone should be quick to listen, slow to speak, and slow to become angry. James gives you a progression. Number one, what do you do? Quick to listen. Love starts with listening. Love starts with listening. So you and your spouse are all fired up. You're mad at each other. Be the man. Sit yourself down and listen to her. Let her pour it out. That's what you do. It ain't going to hurt this concrete floor. Just sit there and let her pour it out. Take it like a man. Say, she's not going to disrespect me. Let me ask you a question. If she calls you a donut, does that make you a cop? (laughs) Ain't nobody going to disrespect me. Listen, sweetheart, if you respect yourself, Jesus, Jesus didn't get all fired up when Pilate started questioning. Tell me, can you imagine Pilate all dressed up Tell me what's true. Jesus just looked at him. You ain't dragging me into that pile. I don't care who you are. All authority is from me. I gave you the authority. I don't have to get involved in that. What is true? He never opened his mouth. Are you the king of the Jews? He never opened his mouth. He knew he was the king of the Jews. He knew he was the king of the world. Hey, listen, you can't reason with stupidity. Just keep your mouth shut. Keep your mouth shut. Say, that's hard. That's right. That's why very few do it, and you can't do it without the power of the Holy Spirit. Because the fruit of self-control is what gives you the power to do that. Does that make sense? Okay, so let's go back. Let's recap. What you got to do is you got to fill your mind with the Word. Because whatever you put in your mind goes to your heart. Whatever is in your heart comes out of your mouth. And then you have to make the decision every day. Am I going to pour gas on this with my tongue? Or am I going to pour water on it with a soft answer? Because it turns away a lot of wrath. And you know know what? I'm a slow learner. Real slow. And it took me 32 years to realize if I just keep my mouth shut, instead of creating a $200 problem, I only got a $1.98 problem. That is a true story. 
Because then I got to come back like a fool and apologize. Well, I'm sorry, I shouldn't have said this. And I, no, I didn't mean that. Yeah, you did. You wouldn't have said it. Now I got to say, oh, uh-uh. Just sit there and take it like a man. Mm. So here's the progression, and I'm, I'll, I'll be done. Here's the progression. Here's what James says. First of all, be slow to speak. Because if you're slow to speak, then you're going to be slow to get angry. Because normally, normally, see, what, what happens, especially with men, is because we're angry because we, we feel fearful. Fearful. We feel afraid. Um, we feel disrespected. And we got to have this ego and pride. And so we lash out because we want to feel in control. You ain't going to put me down like that. So there's, James has given us the progression. Okay. So what does your tongue say about you? What does it reveal about you? Here's a question. If we were to play back a tape of all 30 conversations, the 66 books that you create in a year of 800 pages, if we played all of that back and heard your conversation, what would we learn about you? Jesus is saying that the only way you can get control of your tongue is to let Jesus have control of your heart. Would you stand with me? You've been so patient. Thank you. We're going to baptize. Son, you can go back there and get your baptismal robe on. Oh, that's kind of you, Justice. Thank you, son. How many believe the Spirit of the Lord's here right now? Do you understand, sweet people? Do you understand? That God wants you in relationship so much with your spouse that he says, listen, if you and your spouse have had an argument, don't come talking to me because I ain't going to listen to you. If you've hurt your spouse or if she's hurt you, I've got Bible that says, just go ahead and leave your gift at the altar and go make it right with your brother. And then once you make it right with your brother, then come back and we can talk. Maybe, maybe there's someone in this room tonight, you need to ask your spouse for forgiveness because you've had a harsh tongue. Maybe you need to ask your child for your forgiveness. I, I've, seen, I've seen men, I've watched it. I don't understand it, but I've watched it. I've seen men treat other kids better than their own kids. I watched it, I watched it growing up in my hometown. And I don't know when I said it, but I said to myself, I want to be better than that. I don't want Austin to think I'm a great guy and Trey think I'm a jerk. I don't want you to think, oh, Pastor Wayne, he's all right. And my wife thinks, if you only knew him. If you only saw the side I saw. Brothers and sisters, God help us. 
We need to be treating our family. Well, I can tell that touched the sensitive area because it is. It's difficult for all of us. And this is why we need to be reminded that we can't do it without the Lord. Would you bow your head? I want to pray over us. Father, every one of us in this room needed this message. And Lord, we all need a heart transplant. Because I've said things to Janet, it's been unkind. And I've been harsh with those that I claim to love the most. So God, I lead tonight in prayer and I want to lead as an example. Would you help me to think before I speak? God, would you melt our hard hearts? Would you give us a caring heart and a compassionate heart? Lord, we realize with our tongue we can damage, but we can also delight. But God, help us that we do a whole lot less damage and a a lot more lifting people up. Father, I pray over all of us tonight that you would help us to use our tongue to first and foremost bless you. And second, if we're married, to bless our spouse. And third, if we have children, to bless our children. And fourth, to bless, Lord, those who are around us and on our block and in our community to lift people up and not tear them down. God, we pray all of this, that you would help us to manage our mouth and help us to exhibit self-control over our tongue. To realize, Lord, that we're, we're not known by the unknown tongue. We're known by controlling our tongue. And help us, because we, we can't do it by ourselves. Kaylee's going to sing for us, and right where you're standing, would you just meditate on this word before we go?
Broderick, we're happy to have you, son. Step on down. And it's very obvious you're in a predominantly white church. But we're very happy to have you, son. We don't know how long you're going to be with us on this journey. If it's from now until Jesus comes, well, we're going to love that. But whatever it is, we're going to do our best to invest in you. Because we want to see you overcome. We want to see you win in life. We want to see you reach your full potential. And it starts, it starts with giving God your heart. And I believe that you're on that journey. And I'm very proud of you. And I hope to get to know you better. If you will, just step up real close because you're kind of tall. So we can get all of you in the water. Roderick, if you will, now take your hand, son. Hold your nose. Hold your nose. Take this other hand. Hold your wrist right here. There you are. You're about to cut the covenant with Jesus Christ. In the Old Testament, it was the foreskin of a man. And now in the New Testament, it is the foreskin of the heart. It is cutting out the old. And it's giving you a brand new heart. Roderick, whatever you've done, son, whoever you've done it with, however long you've done it, all of that is going to be under the blood. And when you come up, son, you have cut the covenant and God has applied his name to your life. And all things that are old are now passed away. Oh, my God. And you're going to be raised, son, to newness. This is a death to old self, and it's a resurrection to new self in Christ. When you come up out of this water, son, I want you to raise your hands and just tell God you surrender all to him. And God will take you places you never dreamed, son. He'll do things in your life. You'll look around and say, this was only the work of God. Nobody could have done this but God. On the confession of your faith, son, and the obedience to God's command, we now baptize you in the name of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, for the remission of all your sins. There it is. Tell him right there. I surrender, Lord. Hallelujah. Come on, give him praise, Roderick. I live for you. That's a good way to end a Wednesday night, isn't it? That is a good way to end a Wednesday night. Roderick, son, we don't know you, but I'm going to tell you something. We love people around here. Yes, we do. And we're looking forward to getting to know you better. You're a new creature in Christ. That's the way God sees you. 
Now I'm going to encourage you to start seeing yourself that way. Today's a brand new day. It's a brand new start. This water doesn't have any magic in it, but what you did in your heart is faith. By faith, now you are on the start of being a new creature. And now what happens is, is this process called sanctification. What God did for you, he, he justified you in a minute. But now it's walking this out and becoming more like Christ. When you wake up tomorrow, say, God, help me today to be like you. Amen. Thank all of you sweet people. Thank you.